Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today when booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this this place doesn't look like the pictures ah, is there a door behind all those spiders it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation ah this is perfect relax you booked a verbo let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up i'm not a crook are you ready to go shame on shame on you it's abe lincoln's top hat Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Um, should we get should we get going, Marcus? Let's do it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Marcus Parks. Ooh, let's go rob a bank. No, no. <laughs> let's go rob a bakery. <laughs> I love sweets. I was on Red Eye yesterday, Fox News, three o'clock in the morning. And uh, there was a presidential candidate who joined us via Skype from Washington, D.C. He was there to vote on the defunding Planned Parenthood um, bill because Planned Parenthood, they're selling all the babies. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. Like a used car salesman sells bad cars, they're selling baby parts. And so they voted to defund Planned Parenthood. They did not win. But nonetheless... Uh, He was on with me. Jim Gilmore was his name. And this guy was charismatic, Marcus. He was just, he Mm. was, the way that he spoke, I just felt like, you know, really, somebody was technically talking. (laughs) Amazing guy. But anyway, he's number 17 in the... uh, in the Republican primary right now. He's number lucky number 17. No idea why he's getting in. He's probably not going to register in the polls. A lot of these people are point like 3%, yeah. things like that. But the list for the debates, which is going to be this Thursday, August 6th on Fox News, has finally come out. Only the top 10 candidates can get in. And I would just say, if you didn't make it in the top 10, get out. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how many Republicans are running, but they like to have options. Mm. But we were wondering who was going to squeak in because it was very touch and go. We're dealing with extremely small decimal points. Literally, if somebody's grandmother didn't die, they get to go in. (laughs) And somebody's grandmother that did die, they lose because that woman was the swing vote to decide who was going to be talking on Fox News this Thursday. So the list of 10 is in. Marcus, who made the cut? Number one, Donald J. Trump. Team Trump! <laughs> Love Donald Trump with all of my heart. July 21st, 1981, I was born. July 21st, 2015, Donald Trump was born. <laughs> that was the day that he gave the speech where he gave out Lindsey Graham's phone number. Everybody called Lindsey Graham. Lindsey was happy to have some friends. And of course, Lindsey he made a great YouTube video where he put his phone in a blender. <laughs> now that's good humor. Well, there's nothing better when you and politicians make YouTube videos, is there? Oh, I love when politicians try to be something that they're not. Nice and cool and humorous. Nothing's greater than Lindsey Graham smashing his phone because I only laugh at jokes that are... Uh, 
uh, given to me by people who vote for wars that are unwarranted. <laughs> so that's what I always love. So, of course, Donald J. Trump is in. He's polling extremely high. He's number one. He's in the low 20s, which, of course, means roughly 80% of the Republican Party doesn't want him to have the nomination. But you, of course, if you don't want Trump, then uh, you don't want to make America great again. <laughs> Read his hat. Follow it. Read the Trump cap and follow what Trump says. Go back. YouTube. Donald J. Trump. July 21st, 2015. The greatest political stump speech I have ever seen in my life. It's captivating. He's hilarious. He uses a joke that I often use about Rick Perry, how he's so stupid he put on glasses, but you can see right through it. Ah! And he's still dumb. <laughs> he just calls everyone a jerk off, everyone a jackass. Yeah. The people love him. He got a standing ovation from just being himself. Yeah, I'll tell you that much, man. Donald J. Trump is definitely the front runner. Rick Perry, speaking of which, their mm. little feud, Rick Perry challenged him to a pull-up contest. A pull-up contest. Pull-up contest. Mm -hmm. that's, usually what Rick, <laughs> that's usually what Rick Perry forces all the, um, you know, males that come to his basement, <laughs> all the men that are forced at the Perry compound that are just chained up as if they were, uh, as if Otis and Baby had them in the basement of their home from the Devil's Rejects or uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Of course, the boys in Perry's basement are well fed. <laughs> get, make sure they get their protein. Oh. Rick Perry's a sadist. You know for a fact every time he has sex, someone's bleeding. <laughs> and he's out, man. He's out of there. He's out. He got Not in the top 10. He, he won't be able to relive his oops moment <laughs> from 2012. That was, of course, where he couldn't remember the three branches of government he wanted to cut, mm -hmm. which I would say... You got to know those because you might end up cutting the, cutting out your job. Who knows? So Donald Trump, I want to say this though very quickly. A lot of the people who are dissing on Team Trump, who aren't loving the Donald, uh, they say he doesn't have much of a policy. I was reading today in the newspaper, so it's got to be true. Mm -hmm. um, Donald Trump in 2000, he wrote a book, something about you know making America great again. Yeah. And he was discussing, at the time, the deficit was $5.7 trillion. And everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's so high. Now it's $18, million, $18 trillion. So that's how far our country has fallen. We want to go back to the good old days. When our deficit was just $5.7 trillion. All numbers I have no idea how to write. No clue how to write $5.7 trillion. He had an idea in this book that he wrote that the inheritance, uh, inheritance tax, he would do a one-time tax on the wealthiest people, people who have an income over $10 million of 14.25%, and that would solve the deficit, bring us back down to zero, which is where you want to be because the deficit is a lot like golf. Zero is a great score. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he does have a couple of different policies, and I think we're going to see that on the debate on Thursday. Team Trump, make America great again. You hired. <laughs> All right, who else is in, Marcus? Uh, we got uh, the guy that beat out Rick Perry for the job is uh, John Kasich. John Kasich. Okay. Kasich, from, is that what it is? That, okay, I haven't John, heard his name actually said out loud yet. The governor from uh, the governor from Ohio. Last night, you know what I like to do? I like to sit down. Henry Zabrowski often discusses rolling up a hog's leg of weed and sitting down and watching spooky, ooky things or um, paranormal or listening to Coast to Coast. Also a wonderful, dare I say, slightly less boring night that I enjoy. <laughs> I like to have my vodka sodas. Uh-huh. 
and I watch uh, my political uh, activities happen, my political theater, because this is the time, this is the season for it, Marcus. It really is. It only comes once every few years. Once every few years. And I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it in my belly. It's here. It's here. It's Trump time. <laughs> it's Donald Trump time. Trump season. It's never going to rain again. <laughs> Doesn't rain during Trump season. So New Hampshire, they had the Republican Forum. Uh, Donald Trump, speaking of the man, did not go because the New Hampshire newspaper that uh, that put on the event made fun of him. Yeah. So he just said, I'm not going because don't piss off the Trump. No. Okay, so it was 14 of the 17 candidates, uh, three of whom, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, and Rand Paul, were in Washington again to defund Planned Parenthood, which they failed to do. Um, anyway, John Kasich was on the forum, and uh, the man could not be more boring. And it looks like he's got um, dry scalp. What do you call that with the dry scalp? Oh, dandruff. Eczema. <laughs> I feel like the guy the guy has something wrong with him, and I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I'm sure that he has bathed, but whoever cut his hair, it's just it's it's like a, it's that one inch cut, uh-huh. so it, it doesn't fall down. It just kind of stands up, but there's no form to it. The guy looks like uh, he. I mean, he really looks like every single dopey kid from the 1950s who was trying to sell you popcorn. <laughs> He's just a pathetic looking dude, but his big resume builder, and I believe that he's positioning himself more for the vice presidency because the man is a snooze, Mm. but his big resume builder is that eight, uh, when he took over the governorship of Ohio, there was an $8 billion deficit, I believe, and now it's a $2 billion uh, surplus. So this is his big claim to fame. This is why a lot of the Republicans like him. But he's extremely dull, extremely boring, and dare I say, not exactly going to get anybody but old white votes. Mm. So he's not going to win. He doesn't have a chance in hell. All right, but he's in the debate. Exciting. Donald's going to ruin him. <laughs> Jeb Bush, next. that's the uh, next guy in line. Spanish-speaking Jeb Bush. Wonderful wife. You know what her name is? Columba. Columba? Columba. Columba Bush. Columba Bush. <laughs> Isn't that sounds like a bizarre act? Uh, <laughs> Columba Bush. It sounds like something that you get pricked by if you're going through the forest. So Jeb Bush, he is a very successful politician. Of course, he's the former governor of Florida. And Marco Rubio, who is also on this list, is good friends with him. And he speaks fluent Spanish somewhat. He's slightly better than Michael Bloomberg. That's not saying too much. Bloomberg's Spanish was awful. He couldn't even worked in a he could not have even worked in a kitchen here in New York City with Spanish like that. But he does a very good job of relating to the Hispanic community. Donald Trump does believe he's going to get the Hispanic vote, and it is possible because he's yeah. Team Trump. He believes a lot of things. He does believe a lot of things, <laughs> such as making America great, great again. again. Okay, good. So we're back on track here. So Jeb Bush, uh, Columba Bush, he gave a speech recently to, to Univision. Unlike you know Donald Trump, who did call most Mexicans rapists, uh, Jeb Bush is speaking Spanish on Univision and uh, really you know going out there and extending an olive branch uh, to that community and his brother, W, the dumb one, the dumb Bush, uh, who was still able to be president. Mm-hmm. The one who was uh, the president at the worst possible time. Possibly the one that caused 9-11. What's that? Um, 
<laughs> so W got 44% of the Hispanic vote. And not a lot of people remember that. You know, everyone thinks that Hispanics are fully locked into the Democrats. That's really not true. There is a huge uh, number of very conservative social uh, Hispanics, a lot of Catholicism, a lot of pro-life individuals, and a lot of anti-gay uh, marriage and things like that. Yeah, I can't remember who it was that said it, but uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was during the midterm, someone said that most Hispanics are Republicans. They just don't know it yet. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, because of the rhetoric that is so hard on the right, when it comes, to, especially now with the sanctuary city debate, mm. uh, you know, we'll get into these these other candidates as well. Jeb Bush is the one who uh, doesn't go quite as far as saying we're going to arrest the mayor of San Francisco, which is literally what Chris Christie did say. <laughs> uh, he's just going to go arrest the mayor, and that's going to look great, you know. When the president, you know, whatever happened to the federal government, federal government not getting involved in states' rights? And they're just going to go arrest a mayor. <laughs> uh, that's fine, though. That's so, municipal. It's not even states' rights. They're getting a municipal business. Mun- Municipal. <laughs> Whenever I think of municipal, I just think of a turd in a public pool. <laughs> I don't know why. Municipal pool in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. I swear to God, I was there one summer, and everyone evacuates. Everyone's running out of the pool. I said, "What happened?" So when you know, was, was there a bee attack? What's going on? And then, sure enough, I was the last one in the pool. I noticed a turd. <laughs> I think it was just a candy bar. I think it was a prank played by older kids Ugh. who had no idea how devastating and traumatic that experience was going to be for me. I haven't gone swimming since, but I do love chlorine. Uh, I can't get enough of the smell. So Jeb does a very good job of relating to the Hispanic vote, or at least he's attempting to, and I think that he did um, probably best. I think he won. A lot of people say Rand Paul. Some say Marco Rubio. But I believe that Jeb Bush did a very good job in the New Hampshire uh, Republican Forum. Mm-hmm. All right. Who and else he, is in? And he also, well, Jeb Bush also in the debate made the the really weird comment about his brother and his dad. Asked, mm. how are you going to differentiate yourself from the right. other Bushes? He said, my dad is probably the most perfect person alive, so it's very hard for me to be critical of him. In fact, I got a T-shirt at the uh, Jeb Swag Store that mm-hmm. says, uh, um, my dad's the greatest man alive. If you don't like it, I'll take you outside. I mean. Jeb swag? I don't know. I think Jeb is the opposite of swag. I don't know if you can have Jeb swag. I think you can have a shirt or a tote. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe a fanny pack, mm-hmm. something like that. But of course, his father was a uh, interesting president, not a perfect man, currently in a wheelchair. Mm. Yeah. So if you think about that, so if you think about how, what do you mean if you think about that? Well, I mean, he's doesn't have the uh, <laughs> doesn't have the ability of to think about. It. He's an old man, 91, 92 Some years old. My that? grandmother beat cancer at ninety one. <laughs> Jeb uh, Herbert Walker can't even get out of bed. I got no sympathy for the elderly. We're all gonna live to one hundred and fifty. You know, <laughs> I just read a, I just read a story. The oldest there was a gal who was one hundred and ten years old, black gal, really sweet. And she was beautiful, and she's still alive. And you know what she does to stay alive? Whiskey and Miller High Life. Yeah. So you're gonna use that as an excuse now, huh? I gotta have. I always have to have a new excuse. <laughs> I can't change my ways, Marcus. I'm too old for all that. So yes, Jeb does have a problem with the Bush last name, but I think that's a little bit overblown because W is actually over fifty percent in post uh, presidential approval ratings which is insane because he left office it was fire and brimstone people chased him out of there the way that the villagers chased out frankenstein uh so i'm shocked that uh he's above 50 percent w bush i say it again i will always say it one of the worst uh, presidents in u.s history he did awful the foreign affair uh the foreign policy under w really under dick cheney was a nightmare all right
Uh, we also got, of course, Scott Walker. The doy doy. <laughs> Scott Walker's a doy doy boy from Wisconsin. Uh, now, again, his big resume builder is that he did bring uh, Wisconsin out of a deficit into a surplus. He completely cut um, all the unions. The unions hate Scott Walker. He's got bizarre ears. Another guy who can't get his hair right. I just don't understand the hair problems. Why are you so obsessed with hair? Because it's on the top of the head. It's <laughs> the, one of the first things that I see. I'm six foot seven. Just can you do something with the hair? Look at the Donald. <laughs> you can mock Donald's hair all you want, but you know who else had that hairstyle? Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> and they were a great band from the 80s, I believe. Yes, they were yeah. from the 80s. Nonetheless. I run so far away. Exactly. But you know who isn't running far away? <laughs> Donald Don't Trump. Trump. He's running towards the fire, and he's going to put it out and make America great again. Scott Walker, um, so basically his whole thing is the union busting. Union people hate him. Teachers absolutely despise him all around Wisconsin, but he always says that he's given teachers the the, the right to choose if they want to join the union or not. Mm. He got rid of tenure, which I actually agree with because there's too many teachers. It's the only profession where you work for 10 years and they're just like, oh, now you can, here you go, do your job shitty for the next 30. Thanks for putting in 10. <laughs> Yeah. You know, of relatively uh, having some having something uh, at risk, you know, because that's I don't understand the, me personally. If there is no reward or no uh, punishment for not exceeding at something, I'm smoking weed. <laughs> I'm just sitting down. I'm not doing anything. A little incentivizing, I think, is a good thing. I agree with that. Anyway, um, so that's Scott Walker. Extremely charismatic. I think another great choice for the vice presidency because he's a good Midwestern guy. This is why they say that about Kasich as well. And the evangelical community really love him because he really fake loves Jesus. <laughs> you got Marco Rubio up next. We mentioned him a little bit earlier. Yeah, Marco Rubio is, of course, the, the golden boy. He's very handsome. Another guy that can speak flu uh, fluent Spanish. Mm. Very good with the Hispanic vote. He has a real shot uh, with the Republican nomination. I firmly believe it. He pulls the highest out, out of all of the candidates when it comes to the evangelical vote, which has been a little bit muted uh, in the past couple of election cycles. Of course, going back to W. Bush, it was one of the major um, factions that got him elected. Yeah, he rode that wave. He wouldn't have gotten elected without the evangelical vote. Absolutely not. Jimmy Carter wouldn't have gotten elected. Reagan wouldn't have gotten elected. Herbert Walker didn't really have it. No. That's why, of course, he didn't get reelected. And then W uh, got elected in 2000 based on it. Um, so Marco Rubio, if he can ride that evangelical vote, obviously this is why he was in D.C. and not in New Hampshire voting for the Planned Parenthood thing. Evangelicals are extremely pro-life, except for if that life is black and born. Um, <laughs> that is not necessarily true, but you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's Marco Rubio. He's doing very well uh, in certain different uh, communities, but I think he's having a difficult time, you know, reaching... Um, Older people who don't like the fact that his name is Marco. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, while Rick Perry didn't get in, we do have a guy from Texas in there, mm. the old goblin boy himself, mm. Mr. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is one of the biggest jackasses on the face of the planet, and there's no doubt about that. The man should live under a bridge. He's a dickhead. I hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> okay, so we were just discussing this before the show. Marcus, I, I uh, showed him Ted Cruz's latest campaign ad that is just, you know, what makes a good president? Somebody who can balance a budget, somebody who has a lot of foreign policy um, you know, experience. No, no. It turns out in Ted Cruz's mind, it's some jerk off who can shoot a machine gun and then eat bacon off of it. <laughs> it is the most oddly sexual 
Ugh. presidential campaign that ad that I've ever seen. And I didn't know about this. You told me about this apparently uh, in uh, redneck areas. Yes. They like to wrap bacon around the muzzle of assault weapons. And let me just say right now, if you are a redneck and living in a redneck area, I love it. <laughs> do the bacon thing. I love the bacon thing. I need bacon off a gun. Yeah, they do. They wrap the bacon around the right. muzzle. They wrap foil around the bacon and then they shoot the gun a whole bunch of times and it cooks the bacon and then they eat it and everyone feels good about it. Mm. But the way Ted Cruz is doing it, like it's he's getting a sexual charge from it and listen to the music yeah. that they play in the background while he's shooting the fucking machine gun it's just generic I wanted was that was that uh, footage from uh, when John Holmes went and shot up the uh, the theater in Colorado? <laughs> oh no, that was a presidential that was campaign a presidential ad. Can- using, oh, I but see. using the same gun though. Oh, int- great idea, Ted. <laughs> we gun control and gun issues. I mean, we can get into that now a little bit. Uh, those are on the forefronts of a lot of Americans' minds. And I don't know if shooting a semi-assault rifle, a uh, a machine gun, and then eating bacon off of it is necessarily the best message you want to send to a country. That's currently going through a whole bunch of mass shootings. Yes, it is. Uh, some could be considered a, a, an epidemic. It is a bit of, of an epidemic. Mass proportions, the worst it's ever been. And uh, of course, you have you know you have a senator like Chuck Schumer, who is cousins to a comedian and really an amazing uh, show. Uh, Henry's been on it. Mm-hmm. Inside Amy Schumer, it's on Comedy Central. She's phenomenal. Henry was amazing in a in a sketch. They did a parody of Twelve Angry Men, where they were judging if she should if she was hot enough to be on TV. Yeah, it was. Hilarious and fucking right. really intelligent and amazing, like in every way. It was fucking great comedy. So they were just getting together because they're cousins. I don't know how Amy got so successful. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know if Chuck Schumer gave her the show, but it probably yeah. didn't hurt. Oh no, what are you talking about? I'm Chuck just Schumer. annoyed yeah. with nepotism. Oh, yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, yeah. So yes. there's no, no, no. So in your mind, don't make me make America great again. <laughs> what is the call that Chuck Schumer makes to the head of Comedy Central? Hey, I got a cousin. <laughs> Hey, you got a cousin. Get her a show. <laughs> okay. That's that's the call. I don't know. Obviously, Amy worked very, very hard for her success. I'm just being jealous. Can a man be jealous? Make America great again. A man can be jealous. God, man. Make it great. What's it? America again. Come on, people. When? Now. <laughs> Team Trump. Good God. So Chuck Schumer and Amy Schumer got together to discuss gun control. And uh, so this is one of the differences between uh, you know Democrats and Republicans. One is eating bacon off of a semi-assault rifle, and the other ones are trying to um, you know bring light to the issue of mental health and uh, gun ownership. However, I would say in 1933, the U.S. government took everybody's gold, right? And this was, this, it was given, uh, they were fo- people were forced to give up their gold, or they were looking at 10 years imprisonment. It was amazing. So the idea of uh, the difference between gold and guns is gold doesn't kill people. Guns, it's, it's much more difficult to get guns from a society back than gold from a society back, mm-hmm. uh, even though leave my gold alone. Um, I don't have any. Whatever. That's fine. So I don't see the practicality, the idea of gun control uh, on an actual practical level. What are you going to do other than, you know, you can do the uh, you close the major loophole where gun gun shows, pawn shops, 50% of the market, 
the where you don't the, they are able to get a, get around background checks, mental health checks. But even these cities that do have the background checks, that do have the mental health checks, like Dylan Roof, for example, in South Carolina, we talked about that. They have all of the things that are in place that are supposed to stop a Looney Tune from getting a gun. But, of course, because of the bureaucracy of it and because it has to go all the way to the FBI to Washington, there's no one's communicating with anybody, and these things take weeks to process. Meanwhile, there's a gun owner who just wants to pay rent or close up because it's 8.59, and the jerk-off knows the shop closes at 9, but he wants to do a shooting at 9.05, so he had to go in there uh, you know, just before closing time, and the guy's like, just have the damn gun and get out of here. So that's, in theory, I love the idea of you know changing the gun laws, but in reality, I just don't see how it's possible because the, the laws that are already on the books aren't possibly uh, – they're, they're not enforced at all because n- nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Nope. Washington's full of lunatics. But um, in, here in New York City, they are banning toy guns. So those are going to be off the streets. Sweet. No more getting hit with water. <laughs> it's all bullets all the time here in New York City. They're literally – there was just a cover. Um, I think it was the Daily News. They just had this – dude holding up an orange gun toy gun and they're like realistic guns banned and i'm like it's orange yeah no one never saw an orange gun like shoot a gang member (laughs) it's insane so we've managed to ban fake guns at walmart and things like that but they can still sell real ones so you know that's just kind of where we're at yeah that's where we are as as a country right so you know what are you going to do? I think we. I, I also do understand, though, the point of the toy gun. I did kind of equate it as I was reading the article. I thought of candy cigarettes. And as a country, we are now, most, most youth don't smoke. Back in the day, everyone was smoking. Uh, Marcus Parks, three months now? Uh, over three months, three and a half. That's great. Thank you. So, um, so I guess from the perspective of normalizing guns to children, the idea of not having toy guns might uh, then lead to them not wanting real guns in the future because as you're a child, you think like a child, and as you're an adult, you're like, I would like more things that can actually kill. <laughs> I'm just sick of pretending that I can murder people. I really want to do it now. Give it a shot anyway. My experience with guns growing up, Wisconsin, obviously a very heavy gun state. New Hampshire, Vermont, two of the two of the most um, two of the safest states when it comes to gun uh, shootings and gun murders have the highest amount of guns. So you can definitely make a strong argument there. Wisconsin, a big gun state as well. My friend Jared uh, many times uh, almost took his own life with a gun, and uh, I used my unbelievable comedic timing and my. Um, you know, knowledge that he loved weed <laughs> to keep him alive. So obviously guns are going to be an important issue. Ted Cruz shooting a gun, eating the bacon off of it. He didn't even eat the whole bacon, and he also ate the bacon with a fork. Bacon is finger food. <laughs> All right, who else is in this debate? Uh, let's see here. Who else is in this debate? We've also got Rand Paul. Rand Paul. He's been doing very well, of course. Now, he is somebody who has gone really... The, the one issue that I have with Mr. Rand Paul is he's going super religious. He's so scared of losing the evangelical vote. This is why the, the political landmines that go through a Republican primary are just force these people into tubes that squeeze them out into a much douchier form of themselves than when they initially went in. You know, the, to get out of a Republican primary, you basically have to uh, admit that you want to you know that you that you pray to Jesus and you think about Jesus with every single moment of your life and with every single action you uh, you you know you ask Jesus to take the wheel, mm-hmm. which a woman actually did last week in the car crash. Oh Jesus! She got sued because she murdered a person. Oh, she said Jesus was going to take the wheel. She put her hands up off of it 
And then she just obviously careened into another car, and the woman, I believe, is facing death charges right now, as she should be. Yeah. So Rand Paul, I think he's trying to stick with his libertarian roots. He's trying to keep... Uh, you know, I think his foreign policy would actually look relatively similar to Obama's. He's non-inventional. Uh, he's not going to intervene in the Middle East. Some of the hawkish Republicans don't like that, and a lot of the evangelicals don't believe that he fully loves Jesus enough. So he's kind of in a rock and a hard place, and he's been he's had a difficult time getting any traction with message. Um, he just hasn't gotten any press. Because Donald Trump. Make America great again. <laughs> Here's funny. I found a graph. Uh, a graph. It's. I mean, you know, correlation isn't necessarily causation, but you can watch and see Rand Paul's fall, his hmm. decline in the polls, is completely correlated with Trump's rise in the polls. Team Trump. All right. <laughs> Who else we got? The top 10. Ben Carson. Ben Carson, I saw him a few times speaking on Fox News, because that's where I go to hear all the people that... Uh, have no chance of winning the presidency talk. <laughs> uh, ben Carson, he speaks very, very well. And uh, when I say that, it's like, oh, he's a black guy. He speaks well. No, I'm saying in a uh, he uh, he's soft he, and he can deliver. He's very intelligent and he delivers extremely um, what could be perceived as anti-woman or anti-gay. It just kind of rolls off his tongue with such such peace that you're kind of like, hmm, look at that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe gay people are sent here from the devil. <laughs> Maybe he's right. He also does very, very well with the evangelical community. Yeah. And, of course, he's a doctor. He's extremely pro-life. He's definitely planted himself firmly in the um, Planned Parenthood debate. Obviously, he couldn't be in D.C. because he, he's not a uh, technical politician. He's a doctor, mm-hmm. and he doesn't, have, he doesn't have the ability to vote. But I don't see him really getting that much traction because of his uh, laid-back approach. If we are learning anything from Donald Trump or from uh, you know uh, political politician politicians who are a real firebrands you know your bill clintons of the world uh people like somebody who is a little bit loud a little bit bold and i don't think they see ben carson as someone who could do anything with foreign policy like the idea of him uh in a diplomatic situation uh, he he doesn't exude confidence he doesn't exude power no absolutely not mike huckabee made it in mike huckabee has more you know mike huckabee <laughs> the man his floors are full of cum. He, he is, <laughs> I swear to God, I know these people. Uh-huh. Okay, I look at Mike Huckabee, and you know that scene, if you go back and you watch, I believe it was 1993, JFK, Oliver Stones, Ooh. JFK, there's a sex party. And in this sex party, I believe John Goodman is in this, uh, not John Goodman, John Candy mm-hmm. is in the sex party. John Candy's Mike Huckabee. <laughs> Make America great again. It is unbelievable. There's nothing that Mike Huckabee says that's new or refreshing. Of course, in 2008, he managed to win Iowa, and he still knows very well in the Midwest because of the evangelical vote. Oh, Jesus. Listen to the tweet that he sent out after mm. Planned Parenthood failed to be uh, defunded. Oh, I'm hungry. Was that? <laughs> Listen. The decision in the Senate to continue financing Planned Parenthood butchers with taxpayer money is salt in a sick, grotesque wound. That is exactly <laughs> what he searches on Pornhub. <laughs> I want salt in a grotesque wound. In a sick, sick grotesque, grotesque wound. Yeah, it's always nice, yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> the, the, the Planned Parenthood stuff is disgusting. It's disturbing. They're selling body parts of, you know... Uh, of. I mean, you know, they, these... You know, these these, I guess they're people. They have hearts and stuff, what but the, these are just like little parts. It's fetuses. They're fetuses. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's yeah. not exactly I mean, cool. I don't want to see one. 
No, I don't want to see one, and I don't particularly want to buy one. We can get into that a little bit. So Planned Parenthood does 330,000 abortions a year, uh, roughly um, 500,000 or so mammograms, and then like you know 350,000 or so uh, pap smears. So abortions are a major um, part of their uh, of what their facility does. It's only three percent. Three percent when you take into everything that they do. However, uh, you know, giving birth control and uh, you know pamphlets and random things like that. Yeah, pretty much the forty two percent of the, the majority of what they do is STDs treatment and testing. Right. Yeah, and then it's contraception after that. Uh, then it's other women's health services. Uh, then it's cancer screening and prevention. Uh, and then last is abortions. 3% right. of their operating budget goes to abortions. And 30% of their funding comes from outside sources, comes mm-hmm. from donations and stuff like that. So yeah. as you were saying, yeah, the government doesn't fund abortions. It doesn't really fund abortions. It's kind of a myth. They give $500 million right now to Planned Parenthood, which by government standards isn't really that much money. I think it's obviously more of a symbolic vote in a lot of ways. Um, they do they they uh, make up for 30% of the abortions across the entire country. So if you defend Planned Parenthood, it's this notion that all the babies will be born and then rainbows will constantly be in the sky and everyone's going to find love uh, isn't really true. So I think it is a symbolic vote. But again, these people are out there courting evangelical and a lot of people are very pro-life and my parents were very pro-life and my mom did foster care so she actually took care of unwanted children and uh, she was the greatest foster mother in Portage County possibly the world so um, there are a lot of great people who are pro-life so I don't want to shit all over their ideology um, but I think that also it gets blown out of proportion that if you defund Planned Parenthood sounds so powerful to a lot of people and they're like then we'll defund all abortion in reality 70% of the abortions don't come from Planned Parenthood and you know 97% of what Planned Parenthood does isn't really abortion. So anyway, so that is uh, where we're at there. Who else is at it? Uh, next up, we have last up, actually. Oh, my God. Oh, the big man himself. Who could it be? Chris Christie. The fat shithead. <laughs> I, Chris Christie, first of all, his ads have been unbelievably aggressive against marijuana for no reason. What the fuck? What happened? <laughs> like, literally, what happened? I thought you, you what, what happened to, to, when, when it was the whale and the squid walking on the beach after Hurricane Sandy, him walking with Barack Obama? You know, everyone was just like, oh, Chris Christie, he's kind of a compassionate dude. Look at him take care of people. He starts running for the presidency of the United States of America. Next thing you know, he's basically telling everybody that he wants more people in prison. He wants less rights. And speaking of what we were talking about earlier with sanctuary cities and the federal government going over to places like San Francisco and wanting to arrest their mayor, which is what Chris Christie said, he said he was going to go. The pot party is over in Colorado. Okay, toadstool. (laughs) Who who are you appealing to? The libertarian wing of the Republican Party doesn't want to hear none of that nonsense. Old people. There was a girl, a young girl, I believe she was eight or nine years old, who ended up dying, and the only thing that would stop her seizures was liquid THC, and I don't even believe it had the THC in it. It had components that you find in marijuana, and I don't even believe it had the THC uh, part in it. He fought that tooth and nail. She ended up dying. Chris Christie's got blood on his hands. He's closing down highways. The man's morbidly obese. You can't trust him in the White House. Oh, my God, and he has confirmed that he has used birth control, confirmed that today. They asked yeah, well, him about his version the whole... of birth control is just taking off his shirt. <laughs> he says, I'm a Catholic, but I've used birth control and not just the rhythm method. Disgusting. <laughs> At what point do you think that we want to hear you go into detail about your sex life, you obese ogre? He's a, he's a pig. He's a hog man. I, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, when you're fat, you better be funny. Yeah. When you're fat, you better be nice. When you're fat and you're angry, 
You're just the most upsetting human. You're not <laughs> literally. You're you're physically uncomfortable to look at. You know, he goes and plays softball games. You can see his camel toe. I know exactly what his nuts look like, <laughs> and it ain't healthy. Nah. It's not good, right? And then uh, if then he just bloviates and tells everybody uh, the party's over. What team Trump? <laughs> Donald Trump is the let's make America great again. Good God! So I think Chris Christie is shooting himself in the foot, and I believe he got in with this into this debate. He just squeaked out uh, Santorum, Carly Fiorina, these people. I think he's still pulling at like two point three percent. I mean, he's got nothing. Yeah, he's got no real support. Uh, he should have ran in twenty twelve when he actually had a chance. He blew himself. Um, uh, the credit rating, if you really you know, other than you know the obesity, which we can make fun of his physical attributes all day long. Um, the man looks like Ed Larson from the round table of gentlemen if Ed was an asshole. Um, but, uh, you know, that's going to mean to Ed. Yeah, and I was about to say, Ed's not even close to that fat. Chris yeah. Christie, is that's how fat he is. He's like an Ed and a half. Ed and a half? <laughs> oh, my God. Man, I wish I was a doctor so I could just call every... You're an Ed and a half. You're half an Ed. All weight, all measures of weight should just be done by Ed's. You're a quarter Ed. So, that's not bad. I'm three quarters Ed. I'm probably like 1.5 Ed. <laughs> one and a half Ed. Yeah. Um, at one point in my life, where I, I guess I was a, or at least at mm. one point in your life, you were two Marcus. I was two, I was 380 pounds. I lost 160 pounds. Vodka sodas. You were two and a half Marcus. I was two and a half Marcus. Wow. That's right. I'm thinking about writing a book, The Unhealthy Guide of Losing to Losing Weight. <laughs> I've kept it off for a decade. Chris Christie could use my strategy, uh, but he, of course, he would have to uh, relax on his drug stance. Mm. That's for sure. So Chris Christie had a great chance of running in 2012, but in reality, his leadership in New Jersey has been a disaster. He's polling in the 30s. Um, which is unbelievable, and uh, they've been downgraded. Their credit's been downgraded, I believe, like, what, three, four, five, six times. It's going awful. The economy is crap. He's he's a, he's nothing but a blowhard, and people thought he tells it like it is. He's a liar. He's a scumbag. We know for a fact that his buddy that he went to school with shut down the highway because this low level mayor didn't support him for the pres or for the for the governorship. So they so they crucified an entire three lanes or two lanes of uh, New York City highway. Uh, just because of some petty political beef, people talk about Chris, Chris or, or Donald Trump not having. Um, enough skin to uh, to be president, you know, getting too upset with his political enemies. At least he just does things that are a very charismatic, mm-hmm. and b just lets them know you're yeah. an idiot. Whatever, it's fine. So I think Trump's got the Chris Christie um, uh, telling it like it is angle on lockdown, and I don't see Christie getting any foothold whatsoever because even the people that he's trying to appeal to now, those are the ones who called him a rhino, Republican in name only, also in weight. Um, in Chris Christie's case. <laughs> So I don't see him getting any traction, uh, but I am excited to see him in the debate. I'm happy he's there. So the people that didn't make it, they will also be allowed to debate. Uh, They'll be at 5 p.m. on Fox News, which is amazing because this tends to be the Republicans tend to be the party of like, oh, in America today, everybody gets a medal. But that's exactly what Fox News is allowing to happen. All 17 will be shown on television. So that, of course, will be Rick Santorum, Jim Gilmore, Carly Fiorina, um, Bobby Jindal. Bobby Jindal. Bobby Jindal, who is one of the another governor polling to the thirty percent guy, can't get a suit that fits him. I have no idea why. <laughs> and you know what, Bobby? His name. We talked about it on the show before. What's his name? Piesh. Uh, Pay Pe- 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 
pay, pay ash? It's, it's some it pay ash. It's it is something that yeah. sounds kind of like piss. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing him talk at the forum was just, uh, you know, the man obviously has no um, moral. He, the man has no grounding in his philosophies whatsoever. He's so desperate to be um, accepted by a group of people who uh, would other that uh, if it wasn't for his politics would otherwise call him a terrorist and sand N word. Mm. Piesh. 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 So he chose, he chose Bobby. <laughs> Which is perfect because God knows it's still a racist country and he can't actually run his P.S. Jindal, which is really the saddest thing ever. But yet, whenever you hear him speak, he just talks about how uh, wonderful everything is in uh, in Louisiana. There's nothing wrong there, Mm-mm. even though everybody hates him and the economy is a bunch of crap. And you got Lindsey Graham and George Pataki. Lindsey Graham and G- George Pataki, just why? What yeah. happened? That was, why are you a- running, dude? Just be old. <laughs> just, is it, is, is, do, do their wives just want to kick him out? Like, what happens when you're a career politician? I, I do feel bad for you because literally, by definition, you have no skill. Yeah. You have nothing. You couldn't put together a car. You can't, you know, you, the only thing that you can eat has to be microwavable, which I love. <laughs> I love microwavable food. I don't even have, we don't even have gas at my apartment anymore. Really? The gas man came and shut it off. I said, yeah, why, why'd you have it on for so long? <laughs> well, we haven't used our stove in eight years. <laughs> Wait, you really? Your gas? We got gas, no gas. Dude, gas. Who wants it? Gas is like $10 a month. You know who? What else is ten bucks a month? What? Bud Light, a six pack, <laughs> Tall Boys, sixteen ounces. That's thirty two forty eight. We're talking almost a hundred ounces right there. Maybe even a little bit more. So no, no gas here. <laughs> no gas in my house. You come into my house. We're having a microwave dinner, and that's about it. Maybe some deli sandwiches. That's all. That's all you need, though. I mean, I'm, that's all I've ever seen there. That's <laughs> and Papa John's. Oh, Papa's in the house. <laughs> When Donald Trump is elected president, I'm calling Papa John's Papa's in the house. <laughs> and we'll make America great again. <laughs> make America great That's again. it. So you can watch those seven losers who have no chance of winning the uh, nomination. Again, yeah, no idea why they're doing it. I think it's literally just as a, as a cockroach, you know, goes to random pieces of dung. They just do it out of pure instinct with no other. Lindsey Graham. First of all, why isn't Lin- if Lindsey Graham really wanted to get into the top ten, come out. Yeah. Come out of the closet. Oh, gay Republican, man. It's time it would be, for a it, log cabin. It's time for a log cabin Republican. A gay Republican, I guarantee you, he would get into the debates. Yeah. Guarantee it. Oh, and it would be fascinating. It'd be amazing. Maybe he'll do it next time. Maybe 2020? 2020. That's the next Wow, That's the next time we can enjoy pre- uh, politics again, huh? Savor it. Oh, I love it. Savor it. Yeah, we, we've we got, still have a year. You, yeah, a little more than a year. We got a yeah, year, yeah. And, year and three months. We're um, good, man. Let's see. But yes, yeah, so, so quickly, just shifting focus. So those are the seventeen people for the Republicans. Uh, a little bit of exciting stuff happening with the Democrats. Hillary Clinton might have some competition, and it's the ghost of Bo Biden's last <laughs> wish, who asked Joe Biden to run for the presidency of the United States. Hillary Clinton still. Her unfavorables are unbelievably high God. because she comes from she has more scandals, you know, than Robert Durst. I mean, this is the Clintons are a terrible political corrupt couple and people still don't trust her in the Midwest and she'll never win in the Midwest no matter how hard she tries. She has an ad recently that's just come out all about how she's doing this for her mother Dorothy. Uh. And she's like, "Oh, this is your motivation? Are you you would have burned Dorothy at the goddamn stake. <laughs> you would have treated her worse than the wicked witch of the west treated Dorothy in that stupid movie involving the gold road." That would be the Wizard of Oz. The then. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Flying monkeys. You crazy? <laughs> One of the most famous movies of all time. Make America great again. 
Come on. So Joe Biden very well might throw himself into the ring, and you know that Obama would love it because I do believe we could have a Herbert Walker moment where uh, if Biden does get, go in, Obama's going to leave office with a relatively high approval rating, I believe. I'm just making that prediction mm-hmm. um, because it really hasn't dipped that low. I think right now it's in its in, in the 40s. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, people aren't going to be uh, – the there won't be the resentment that there was towards uh, – Towards towards W, mm-hmm. you know, like it was very for a Republican coming in the heels of two, uh, uh, you know, into two thousand eight election, the anti Bush vote was so strong. Yeah, I mean that's why Hillary lost the primary in the first place because she voted for the damn war, right? You know, so she couldn't, you know, so that's what they they attached her to Bush, and then of course she tries to go so far to the left, and that's just not who she is because in reality, um, I I mean a lot of a lot of conservatives think that she's more liberal. Than um than she lets on, but I actually think she's more conservative than than what she le- than than she lets on. Um, okay, so there's massive room in the Democratic Party, and Joe Biden right now, uh, I think he does have he has a lot of sympathy. He ha- he does have that tell it like it is charm, but from the uh, you know your your blue collar Democrat Pittsburgh steelworker kind of guy, you know he's an old school um, blue dude. And I think that that could actually kind of catch on this this cycle. And if it was a Biden-Trump debate, they would have to bleep it because they would be swearing all the time. I would love a, a president that swears every now and again. Oh, uh, it'd be great. You know, it, it, it's interesting is uh, that what you just said uh, about Obama and Biden is that if you'll notice, Obama, you know, he's saying that he's probably going to go with relatively high approval ratings. He's getting a lot of shit done right at the end of his presidency. Yeah. Which could be better, setting... For better or for worse. For better or for worse, he is getting a lot of shit done. He is yeah. doing a lot of things. Uh, and of course, anybody in the Republican debate or anybody in the actual debates uh, is going to try to, I guess, bring up any sort of anti-Obama sentiment right. and attach that to Biden. But if there's all this stuff that America likes that Obama does at the end of the ter- at, a, at the end of his term, Biden can say, "Look, we did this. We're doing this. We're doing this." Right. And it could be some sort of strategy. Who knows? Oh, absolutely. And I do think Gitmo will be closed by the end of the Obama administration. Yeah, I think that's sort of that's going to be their last exclamation point on what they wanted to do. Uh, what they said they were going to do, and again, for better or for worse, I think the Iran deal is absolutely awful. Even though some people seem to like it, well, I, th- I thought you liked it. I'm over it. You're over it. I'm over it. <laughs> no, I I talked to Saman Arbabi and this other guy uh, Amir Hanjabi, and they both like it. And think I, I just don't I don't fully understand how uh, it's beneficial. I'm not. I think there was some definitely some uh, issues because. There's just no verification. Mm-hmm. There's a 24-day waiting period between the IAE. Go, they tell them that they're going to be there in 24 days, and then the IAE can go in at, at that point. After they already they and before that 24-day period, they have to have a debate on when that even like starts because they can like they can they can challenge the IAE's um, desire to go in in the first place. So it could take months for them to go in. There's no way to there's no way to verify it. I don't understand. That's hmm. the, that's the only issue. No, treat him like the health inspector. They can be there at fucking any time. They just don't. I mean, the Iranians completely won the deal. But anyway, I mean, there are some good things to it. Either way, we'll see what happens. That's going to be uh, hindsight is 50-50. So we'll see in five years if the Iranians have the bomb, which would be kind of an exciting world, huh? Mm. You never know who's going <laughs> to die. You never know what's going to go down. So that's kind of an exciting situation that's occurring uh, with the Democrats. 
Bo, Bo Biden, rest in peace, and hopefully he prompted Joe Biden to get into the race because that would make it much more exciting. And we're halfway to my real prediction that I gave when Catherine Timp was on the show, Biden-Romney. Might happen. Might happen. Probably not. <laughs> Probably Biden-Trump. More. I don't know, man. Team Trump, make America great again. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thanks, of, uh, thanks for supporting all the shows here on Cave Comedy Radio, uh, Roundtable of Gentlemen, Sex and Other Human Activities, last podcast on the left. And uh, let's see, you also do one called Page 7. Mm-hmm. And Sex and Other Human Activities. I already said it, Marcus. Oh, I'm sorry. You never listen to me. I do nothing but listen to you. Mm. I listen to you. I have listened to you more than any other human that you have ever encountered. Yes, because you're forced to. <laughs> no, I chose to. All right. That's fine. Uh, let's see here. I'll be back on Red Eye on August 18th. So that's kind of a, a ways away. Exciting. That's been a very fun experience, though. Yeah, man. People are loving you on that. Yeah. And uh, so I talked about eating peanut butter and dipping it in sugar. So really just hardcore stuff. <laughs> hardcore political talk. That's all that I do. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. <laughs>